She's on a passionate mission to change the lives of women. Since her days where she felt lost, had no one to confide in, had issues with body image and a terrible relationship with food, she now helps women to re-love themselves. On her journey of self-realization, she's participated in multiple fitness competitions, spoken on stages across Ontario, run boot camps for hundreds of clients, and provided professional makeup artist services for photo shoots, competitions, models, and magazines. These journeys and experiences have given her the expertise to help you achieve your own goals, whether it be to lose weight, connect on a deeper level with your loved ones, or to learn just how important it is to take time for yourself. You'll feel amazing, beautiful, and strong. Welcome to Relove and Rise. This is your life coach, Amanda Gazzola. Hello, and welcome to the Relove and Rise podcast. This is your host here, Amanda Gazzola, and I am with the beautiful Monica Rivera today, who is a marketing specialist and podcaster. And this is going to be a special episode because not only does she teach women or people how to do podcasting, she also is a marketing strategist. So if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, someone that wants to understand social media, today is your day. Monica is an action-taking maven. She has a passion for converting ideas into execution, and very quickly, she started her podcast, You Want to Do What?, in just three days. A self-taught podcast producer, consultant, and speaker, she delivers relatable stories with practical advice because she believes you can't be what you can't see. When she's not creating awesome content, you can find her playing with her toddler niece or planning her next vacation. And her next vacation starts tomorrow when she goes to an event. I, this woman does it all. Welcome, Monica. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk with you, Amanda. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you today because not only do I know a lot of people that are starting their own business or have been in business for a bit, one thing that we never get enough of is the marketing because there's always changing and you know people are asking like how to do podcasts now. So I thought that this would be a really special episode that you can kind of break down for everyone to figure out what they could do to get to that next level. Sounds good to me. I'm excited. Oh, perfect, perfect. They only know a little bit about you from your little bio there, but how did you get started with like, you know, your business and becoming a podcast? Like if you could just share with that, then people will get an idea of this beautiful woman that I'm talking to. Oh, for sure. Thank you for that. So I have a background in marketing for 15 plus years now. So I've been doing it for quite a while and I've gotten to this point, I've worked for different companies and I hit this point where I felt as if my clothes didn't fit anymore. So if you've ever walked around in something that was too tight, you're kind of pulling at the sleeves, you're sort of pulling to get those buttons to fit and it just doesn't feel like it's yours anymore. And so I'd hit a point where I felt kind of the same way and it wasn't so much what I was doing, it was just the general, is this all there is? And that question kind of kept gnawing at me. What about these creative pursuits that I have? And what would it be like to just try something else on for our side? And I was in a place where I was stuck for a really long time because everything you read says find one passion and stick with it. So I'd watch TED Talks and I'd read books and I'd go through all these things, consuming, consuming, consuming. And I said, well, I don't just have one passion. So I guess out of luck, I'm back in this place where I feel very much like an outlier, very much like an outsider. I can't get my stuff together. And then I thought, I've listened to podcasts for the past 12 or 13 years, so a really long time. 
And I'd actually bought a microphone back in 2013. And I bought it and I never even turned it on. It could have been a hunk of junk that was just sitting on the desk. And I felt like every time I walked past that room, the microphone was just looking at me and judging me for not using it. <laughs> you bought and, me and you haven't used me. Yes. How dare you? <laughs> exactly. So it was terrible. And then finally in 2017, I really felt like that's it. So at the top of the year, I said, you know what? I'm going to talk to people who are just like me kind of in this space where they've worked in their career for quite some time and they want to know, is there more than just my day job? And that's how I started podcasting. So the funny thing about that is I joke that I started it in three days, which is true, but I also do not recommend it because my first episode was such a hot mess. So yes, <laughs> definitely don't do it in three days. <laughs> uh, my, like I remember my episode and it was just like my introductory to who I am. And I had this P paper that I had to read and I literally probably did 40 to 50 takes because I could not get it out because I wanted to just sound like me, but it did not sound like me. And it just would be like, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, fuck. And like, I just like, got so frustrated. I was like, oh my God, every podcast episode is going to be like this. I am in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yes, for sure. I thought the same thing. But the one thing I told myself was just keep making episodes. And I knew that week after week, if I just released the content, that it would start to improve. And I would make minor tweaks and then some major tweaks. And I'd kind of sort of fumble my way through it. And again, not the way I recommend it. But for me at the time when I was in this place that I was feeling stuck, I felt like I needed to just start something. And that starting something then gave me the momentum to really kind of lean into it. And then I was rolling. That's awesome. And so did you start doing the podcast more so as a hobby or was it something that you wanted to even do more business with? Because I know that like eventually you are getting more into the business side of it, but was it more just something for yourself that you had that you just, that made you happy that you just like, this is a great way of meeting people. This is like just, you know, something different out of my comfort zone. So to be honest, I think it started just simply for me. I needed to show myself that I was still capable and that I could still learn new skills and all of the ways that anybody who's been in a career a long time, it can kind of beat you up some days where you just think, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And you start to feel maybe a little disconnected from it. And I needed to light myself back up again. And so the thing about working in corporate America, and maybe you or some of your listeners can relate, is that you have one very specific job. And if you want to learn these other things, if you're in a big company, it's really hard for them to allow you to learn these other skills because you're hired for this one thing. There's another team that does the thing that you want to do or that you want to try. And so you find yourself sort of boxed in. And I hate boxes. I don't want to check any box. Like I want to just be free and kind of do that. And so that was one of those things where I had to ask for opportunities. I wasn't getting those opportunities. And then I said, you know what, damn it, I'm going to create my opportunities. And that's really what the podcast started for me. It was really just based off of that. And from there, it transitioned to, it was never just a hobby. I always knew that I wanted to speak to people who felt like they could relate to a voice like this. Because sometimes it gets very lonely when you're in that position and you feel almost like no one else is going through that anymore. And so I wanted to just be a voice and hopefully have a little community of people who felt the same way. That is so beautiful. And like talk about 
a break there where you feel like free and like you feel like you can breathe and being boxed in like you can do it in the one way where you're just doing one job or you could be doing multiple jobs where you feel like you're just going nowhere so it's like there's no difference between doing too much and doing one thing like it's finding that happy medium in between that like something that fulfills you but also something that you're growing from and I completely agree with that decision there because not only have you provided yourself a platform in order to you know speak your truth a lot more and speak your wisdom of like how much like you've learned and what you know you need to go through these type of things too in order to know exactly where you want to go and what you want so it's like a good happy medium but like learning when you're not that light shining anymore when to get out so congratulations on that Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So from that, when you started your episode, then what started happening when you started doing it more and more weekly, like how, what started stemming from that? Like, what was your growth period? What was it like? Because for people that want to start a podcast, you have to try to get out there, right? Like it starts with like sharing you to your email list and your social media. But what did that look like for you? So the first thing that I did was really try to put myself in rooms with people that were smarter than me. So I thought that was really critical because I knew that content wise, I was happy with what I was sharing with people, but I knew that it could sound better. I knew that it could just be better, even though I wasn't sure exactly what better meant at the time. And I said, I'm going to challenge myself to find people who've done this longer than me, who have successful podcasts and shows and are willing to teach me or impart any sort of knowledge, even if it's five minutes to answer a question. And so I'd go to different events and I live in New York city in New York city area. And so I'm fortunate to be able to access areas like DC pretty quickly. And I just said, where do I have to be in order to get into the room with these smarter people? And that was the first way that I actually did it. So let me improve. I think oftentimes people focus on growing first, but I took the approach of let's make sure we have all the foundations set that everything is clear fundamentally with your show because there's so many iterations that you'll go through, even from just feeling comfortable behind the mic. And I love that you shared that you did your first episode 40 or 50 times, like trying to get it out because it's so true. Unless you have a background in broadcasting, typically we have not been behind a microphone before. The closest I'd been to a microphone before podcasting was karaoke. Like that wasn't going to be it. It wasn't going to cut it for me to sort of have the expertise or the reps even of where I am now when I first came out. So I think fundamentally people should work on feeling comfortable behind the mic. If you're going to interview someone, kind of seeing what process feels good to you. Do you want to be very well researched? Do you want to have a set standard of questions? Do you want it to be more free-flowing? But all those things need to come through experimentation first. Mm -hmm. And then once you feel like you're in a place where this is solid, I feel good about it. And you can listen back to your episodes and still think, wow, I really nailed that one. Then I think it's important to start pivoting into growth. Oh, that is like such valuable information there because it's so true. So doing like your first podcast episode and never being behind a mic, same idea, karaoke or, you know, <laughs> maybe speaking in like on stages, but at the same time, like sometimes when you're doing your solo episode, it's only you talking. So it's like, you kind of have to plan of where you want to go with your episode, but you want it to still be free flowing. Like for me, how I do my stuff is like, 
you know, I give my interviewers some questions, but it's just to get to know them a little bit more and to know mm -hmm. like if there comes like those like parts like, okay, gotta go into the next question. At least I have ideas of what will be comfortable for them with the questions that they want to be asked. Or if the conversations flow in, then, you know, I can ask questions within uh, what I feel that my listeners would want to know. So it's like knowing like what type of content you have, but where, like what your content, like what you want to talk about today and what questions like, you know, your listeners want to list, like know and stuff like that, because they're, it's like what they're going through is you kind of want to paint that picture of like, you know, giving them like, a, they have a problem, giving them a solution. At least that's how I look at it a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Everyone's so different because it depends on the episode, but this was really good information there because I had no idea. And I did do my research of like, you know, knowing, and like looking at some popular podcasts and, you know, ideas of what they do. But this is good because I didn't even think about um, that next level yet. So you're teaching me the next level of, you know, when podcasts, you know, events come to Toronto area, like mm -hmm. even checking that out. And I never even thought of that. So I think that's really good to put yourself out there because it is the reach if that's something you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that I tell people all the time, and I do this for myself, I am not afraid to ask anybody if they're willing to chat with me. Because the worst that they can tell me is no. And then that's fine. So I didn't have a conversation with them before. And I'm not going to have a conversation <laughs> with them after. So it doesn't affect me either way. But I think what you'll find is more people are willing to say yes, and answer a couple of questions. I will have this one recommendation for folks. If there's someone that you want to speak to, definitely have two or three questions that you share that you want to know from them. Oftentimes we say, can I pick your brain or can I treat you to a cup of coffee? That's very open-ended and that person that you're asking doesn't really know where the conversation is going to go, what you're going to ask them. True. So when you sort of lead with, these are the two things that I'd love to get more information about or if you could share this with me, that makes the other person feel more comfortable. Okay, I know I can definitely answer this. I can help the person this way. And it also helps kind of create additional conversation for the two of you if they know what the expectations are up front. Exactly. Because it's about the person's time too. So if like, it's like, okay, can I treat you to a cup of coffee? It's like, well, how long is this coffee going to mm -hmm. be? And like, that can be overwhelming, especially when you have a schedule that, well, any business owner knows this. Like if you have a schedule you know, you're trying to hear coffee can go from one hour to three hours later. And it's like, what did I get done? Like in that time? So definitely, I agree there. And having two or three questions, that's really good and questions that will help you where you can like, move forward from the business, like if it's only like a five to 10 minute quite like answer, like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Especially and it's funny you say that about a cup of coffee, because in New York City, a cup of coffee might be 20 minutes. But in Italy, a cup of coffee is like you said, three hours. So it definitely <laughs> makes a difference. <laughs> it totally makes a difference. And like, at times you're hard, like, you're like, like wondering, like, Oh, my God, I need to go but you don't you feel bad. You feel like you're trapped because you're like, I mm -hmm. don't want to just leave a there. <laughs> so, yeah. Exactly. And you don't yeah. want to set it timer oh 20 minutes time's up so you want to yes be mindful of the other person as well so just some things to keep in mind that's great so from that like I know I asked you this but I feel like because you've said so many great things and I, I kind of distracted a little bit so what is like your ways of getting your podcast out there like I know for me that what my main tools are and I'm always looking for something more is it's social media like my Instagram my LinkedIn my email list 
Facebook, and then getting even my listener, or sorry, the people sometimes I'm interviewing, getting them to put on their email list and social media and stuff. So what other ways and tools like do you suggest like when you're starting out and you're still working through it and you're trying to get out of that sticky spot? Because like you get in a sticky spot a little bit too. Hey, Relove and Rise friends. I hope that you're enjoying this episode of the podcast. It's definitely a special one and so near and dear to my heart. I wanted to come on here and talk to you about the Wonderless Retreat Mother's Day special that we have going on right now. We want to pay tribute to our moms and all the great moms out there. We know that it's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week job that gets so many benefits but not that much time off, which is why it's so important to say, hey, we got your back. Why not come to a weekend full of self-care, body movement, and time to work on yourself so that you can come back feeling refreshed, reframed, and unstoppable? For more details, check out the website, www.reloveandrise.com slash wonderless, and we look forward to hearing from you. If you guys have any questions, just know that you can message me at amanda at reloveandrise.com. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of the episode. For sure. So the one thing I would say is I know that, and this might be a little bit of a hot take when it comes to social media, but I don't think you have to be omnipresent. I don't think you have to be in all places. I think you should be where your target listeners are going to be. So if you think about if you were just talking to one person, who would that person be? Where would that person hang out? So depending on the age of your audience and the makeup of your audience, They might not really be active on all the different platforms that exist. So try to do one really well and see how that goes first. And I know that feels scary because there's this expectation now that if we're not on Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, and bringing that back and adding a filter to your face, like it's like somehow you're missing the boat on something. But if you can spend your time sort of mastering one or two social media channels really well and working on driving engagement, that will give you the blueprint for how you can then do it in another channel. It won't be exactly the same, but you've already sort of created engagement between people. So if I said you had two hours a day to focus on your social media, would you want to spread that out times five? Or would you want to, for example, take a platform like Facebook and join different communities that are similar to where your audience would hang out. And then spend time where you're answering other people's questions, where you're commenting on that, where they're starting to see your name pop up. And it's not that you're promoting, you're naturally there to be of service and to kind of be with your tribe because your listeners are your tribe. And if your listeners are hanging out in this group, why wouldn't you want to be there too? So again, I don't think that the sell or the promoting has to necessarily always be so heavy handed. Listen to my episode, listen to my podcast, buy my product, buy my service. But sometimes it's simply people saying, you know what? I really like Amanda. She has great insight. She's always there to encourage me. She has some valuable information for me to share. Let me read a little bit more about her. Oh, she has a podcast. Let me listen to the podcast. So again, I think we just had to have to maybe relax our expectations a little bit that we have to start at point A and get to point Z by month three. And I know that's tough, right? Because we're in such a society where it's like, but I want success now. But I really think that there's a lot of merit to playing the long game. 
Wow. So what I got from there is no different than when you have your own business and or you're an entrepreneur and you're looking and trying to find where your avatar is. You're treating it the exact same way like mm -hmm. as a podcast. So that like, I guess we'll kind of dive in over to that part of a little bit because yeah, like it's so hard. Like I feel like I'm a hustler because you listen to people like Gary Vee, you listen to people like, oh man, so many, like, Tim Ferriss mm -hmm. and everybody. And everyone has their own strategic approach with what they do when they're, you know, people are trying to you know, get their business rolling off the ground. And yeah, we do have expectations that like we want these quick, results right away and it sometimes just feels like there's only crickets and the patience part of it like where you're like oh well if i'm not seeing anything like you just feel like you're constantly failing so it can be such like a mind fuck sometimes because you're doing all this you're putting yourself out there and you want to know how things are going but yeah it's the long game that we tend to forget about we just want it right now so i love that you said that because it's no different than your business like for a podcast like just being consistent and you know putting out your stuff weekly or what do you suggest for when people are doing podcasts because some people do it every day I, I forget the guy's name oh Johnny Dumas yeah he does it <laughs> yeah every single day which that like for him that works well he's done really well with that but like for some like for me I do it weekly what do you suggest so two things so I'm definitely going to answer that I did want to mention something about how no it's okay no I love it this is a great conversation how a Gary V as an example. So Gary V has the wine library. He started the wine library mm -hmm. years ago before anybody knew who Gary V was. So now we see Gary V. He works out of New York. So Gary V, everyone's always talking about him in New York. And, <laughs> yeah, it's true. and he's there, he's here. But there was a long road before we all got to know who Gary V was. And so sometimes I would say research the person that you love, that you admire, that you look up to, and then read about their journey because you'll be really surprised at how long that journey actually came to be. Mm -hmm. It's funny, I had done an episode 87, which is this woman named Emily McDowell who makes these amazing empathy greeting cards. And she had worked in corporate America for a really long time and has the best line. She says, I realized the ladder I was climbing was leaning against the wrong wall which is so perfect. Wow. And so you can tell she's a writer because it was such yes. a poetic line. Yes. And she Beautiful started line. to go back to what it is that she loved, which was drawing and writing. And she created a greeting card. And so everyone, this greeting card was an awkward dating card. And it was one of those things like, I know it's Valentine's Day and this is just kind of a card. Don't even make a big deal about it. It doesn't even have a heart on it. You know what? Just forget it. Hi. And like, so it was this card of like, you're awkwardly dating and you kind of really don't know what to do. Are you or aren't you in a relationship? And she created this card that resonated with people. Etsy put it on their homepage of Facebook and the card just took off like wildfire. And she became, now she has a multi-million dollar company in greeting cards. But if you just see the card catching on fire and then the business, what you're missing is all those years she worked in advertising where she was struggling and spending 60, 70, 80 hours a week unhappy until that happened. So there's always the background of the story before the overnight success comes. So I will definitely encourage everyone to read the backstory of the person you love, and that will absolutely make you feel better. 
Oh, so. just like high five to that. <laughs> Thank you. So to answer the question about how often you should release a podcast episode, I honestly feel you should release it as often as you think that you can. Because the most important thing is consistency. Mm-hmm. Whether you release once a month, every other week, weekly, two times a week, in seasons, whatever choice it is that you make is the right choice for you. And as long as you deliver that consistently and your audience has a clear expectation of, I know Amanda's podcast is going to come out this day. I know Monica's podcast is going to come out this day. That's all somebody wants. So think of your favorite show on television. If every Thursday you turn on the television, you watch Grey's Anatomy, and then the next week you put it on and it's not there and it comes out on a Saturday, you're like, okay, well, that's weird. I thought I was on Thursday last week. And then you go next Saturday to turn on Grey's Anatomy again. And now it's coming on on Monday. You're sort of like, where's my show? And so a lot of times I think with podcasting, it can be very overwhelming. It is a lot of work but you need to kind of maintain that consistency. And the best way you can do that is to set it up front as to what feels right for you and then move from there. And if you always want to add other episodes, then that's great. But I think you really have to have that consistency. That is such a good answer because there's some, like I'm good with weekly. It used to be on every Thursday. And because, and this is going to go into another question because this is like great for listeners to know if they're thinking about a podcast is that, you know, be when you're working for yourself, you get really busy. And so things start taking a little bit of precedence over, you know, because this is like for me doing the podcast is more of a hobby. I enjoy it. I, it's been a great way of getting, meeting people and just getting my voice out there. I love it. But my dilemma is that like, you know, it takes time editing the episodes and then, you know, trying to get it out for the exact same day every Thursday. What do you suggest like, you know, for editing, like what can you do to make it easier for yourself? Because sometimes when you're doing your podcast, like life gets in a way where there's going to be static. And then sometimes like, oh, I, the person that I'm speaking to, we're like, oh, I, sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Can you edit that? Like things will happen during the podcast. You sometimes have no control over And yeah, some people can just be like blasted out and, you know, imperfect action. That is like what chatting is about. Like this is just a conversation. So, but at the same time, there's the perfectionist mindset where you just want to have a perfect episode, just like Lewis Howes or someone like that. So what do you suggest for when you're trying to be consistent and then you have to worry about the editing and you're trying to get your content out weekly? Like, what do you do to make your life a little bit easier so that you can strategize a lot better to make this work? Sure. So I'll say this. My podcasts are pretty heavily edited. So I do edit for quite a bit of hours. And generally the rule is if you have a 30 minute show plan to edit for two to three times, the length of that show It's just kind of a general practice. And in the beginning, I would say that's even more because I will say that one of the first interviews I'd ever done, it took me 13 hours to edit it. Yeah. And because a lot of times what will happen, especially if you're interviewing someone who's not as familiar with being interviewed and maybe they're not as comfortable, I could ask a question and say, hey, Amanda, tell me about your favorite birthday. You can start to tell me about your favorite birthday, and then five minutes will go by, and we'll kind of be into another part of the interview. And you could say, you know what, Monica, you know what I also loved about that birthday? And then you start adding sort of to that question that I asked before. And so what I try to do is then take that piece 
and add it to the birthday question. Wow. So that it just feels a little bit more consistent for the listener so that they feel like, wait, I thought he was just talking about opening a gym, (laughs) but now he's talking to me about blowing out the candles on his birthday cake. And so if you think of your listener on the treadmill or driving or doing something like that, they're sort of like, wait, what's happening? Because they're listening, but they're I get not. That way, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that kind of thing. So I try to edit those things out and kind of create more of sort of a story arc, especially if it's someone who's a little less experienced when it comes to interviewing. So I would say editing tips is definitely give yourself time. I say also give yourself breaks because if you spend so many hours just editing in a day, you will start to lose things like your, your ears will get tired. You will get tired because you're constantly sort of re-listening to the same thing over and over again. So I would say give yourself, do it no more than two hours at a time and then give yourself a break. Switch over to do something else. Let your ears just listen to something other than voices and then kind of go back to it again. As much as you can do in batches is always helpful. So if you can have a couple of episodes already stockpiled, that's that's hugely helpful because one of the things about podcasting that not everybody talks about, but that I love to share with the people that I work with is the amount of time you have when you start is not going to be the same amount of time you have in six months or a year because you'll realize my show is gaining popularity I'm now going to events or maybe I'm being asked to speak or maybe I want to speak to someone else. And that time will start to shrink because now you have these other things that are happening or maybe it's community events or meetups or masterminds that come out of the work that you're doing in podcasting, but you didn't build that time in in the beginning because you didn't have a listener because you didn't have a podcast yet. So definitely the more you can have your episodes done in advance, the better it will help you later for those great opportunities that'll come your way. That is such a good answer that you just had there because it's so true. And like, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And on top of that, and I don't know if you do it, but what I've started doing is allotting only one day towards my podcast and making sure that I schedule out that time because your schedule tends to be all over the place. So do you do the exact same thing? Do you have set days that are like podcast days from like 1 to 4 p.m. or your 10 a.m. is like 10 to 4 is like my podcast where I have an interview and then there might be some editing from a previous podcast. Like what do you do there? Yeah, so I feel like every day is a podcast day. It's just different aspects of podcasting. So I try to conduct all of my interviews on Fridays. Mm -hmm. And so I will schedule three or four interviews on Fridays. So I'll have a lot. And I let people know in advance, hey, your episode won't come out until this month. So they don't think, hey, what happened to that interview I did? So I let them know that in advance as well. So Fridays are always dedicated to that, to having these conversations. And then other days of the week, depending on how my schedule is, will be one day that I'll be dedicated purely to editing. Because now that I have all these interviews, I have to actually edit these interviews. So I will spend a day doing that. I'll spend another day or day and a half just on marketing, sort of creating my marketing strategy for how I'm going to promote the episodes, how I'm going to promote the show, how I'm going to promote myself, like all of those marketing growth areas that need to be focused on will be one day for that. And that's kind of how I structure it. So I feel every day has podcasting in it. It's just a different aspect of it. That's awesome. So from that, like, because you do the podcast and you're also a marketing specialist. So because you're a woman of many hats there, like, how do you structure yourself so that you're 
like, and it kind of goes with the question I just had, but like, because you have like your podcast, but you also have a full-time job, how do you juggle? Yeah. So juggling, I send gifs to people when they ask me, how's your day? And it's a, a man who's juggling on his hands and his feet. So I kind of feel like I'm always doing that, but I'm also hugely into productivity. So if anyone has questions or comments like on that, I love to talk about that because it's kind of my jam because I do have to figure out how to be efficient in these areas. So one, I wake up very early. So I'm usually yes, I up saw between, that. Yeah, I'm usually up between 4.30 or 5. If it's 5, I kind of already feel like maybe it's like a late start to the day. It's like very weird. I don't set an alarm, which is, I'd say it's kind of like my superpower. But conversely, when it hits around 9 or 10 o'clock, I'm done. Like, don't ask me anything. I'm useless. My brain is mush. So I'm definitely a lot better in the morning time. So I start my day like that. I always, I have a to-do list that I put together on Sunday nights, which tells me what I want to accomplish for the week. And then I categorize that list. So it'll be P for podcasting, M for marketing clients, and just even regular, I need to live my life. So maybe it'll be just errands, which is I have to go to the bank. I have to do my laundry. I need to be in a nice home that's not full of clothes bursting. So all of those things. I will add to the to-do list because we are as important as any arm of our business. So we have to add ourselves to the to-do list. And I will make sure that I have that in there as well. And then I just group those activities. And then that's how I sort of kind of come up with my plan of attack as to how I'll check them off. Oh, you're speaking my jam, Monica. <laughs> this is exactly what I talk about to my listeners and to my clients is literally you need to look at your week. So yeah, Sundays are definitely, you have to like strategize, right? And because if you want to, you know, be the best that you can be, you have to show up, but you have to put yourself in that mix as well. So, you know, scheduling out what days are going to be allotted for your marketing, your podcast, your clients, and then putting yourself also like, you know, your me time in the morning, like your gym and all that kind of stuff. Like, I like that you start your day at 4.30 and if you at 5 a.m. you feel like it's already like, it's kind of like shot a little bit because you're so used to your schedule and your routine and you build towards that. Like 4.30 is like hard if you're not, if you're normally a 7 a.m. So just like start yourself like by doing something, waking up at 6.30 and then you know mm -hmm. like that's going really well, start at six. So it's literally like not giving up because like, yeah, you're the first 4.30 morning, you're going to be tired and stuff like So you got to be gentle yourself and you know, it's going to happen. But at the same time, look at what you're doing and how much you're getting done. And then that's the motivation because you're going to feel so good and you're going to want to like, if you see the stuff that you're productively, it's going to just go up and shine through that roof. Like it's amazing. I love that. I will share this too, yeah, because I know that too. there's night owls that are listening to us. So we each have something called a circadian rhythm, which is kind of when we are optimized best at certain times. So I don't know. I know you work out and I work out. So there's certain times where we will just have the greatest workouts if we work out during this time frame. Yes. But if we work out in this other time frame, we'll get it done, but maybe it will feel a little sluggish or they'll say, it was a workout. I'm glad I got it in, but it didn't feel as great as another time. And it's all because we have this circadian rhythm that we go through. So if you're a night owl and you're listening to this and you think 4.30 is never going to happen, I will never wake up at that time. That's completely fine. If you wake up at seven or you wake up at eight, but you know that you get alive with energy in the nighttime, 
then move those tasks that you need to do towards the time where you feel really activated and alive. And then just put kind of like those mundane tasks, like maybe it's answering emails or sifting through mail or whatever it is. Do those things in the beginning of your day because you'll feel less energetic, but you can kind of get through those more administrative type tasks and then leave your sort of power hours to the time where you feel really most alive. Ah, boom, dynamite just went off. Exactly. <laughs> because yeah, there is definitely those night owls for sure. I always just like think like where I'm at. And so it's so important to acknowledge like the night owls and knowing what, where their time is to shine and how to work mm-hmm. through it. And I think I never even thought about doing the mundane tasks if you're a night owl at like, you know, earlier in the day, because you're just slowly waking up, you're slowly moving that body, you're slowly just, you know, getting into that energetic state. So doing that like that's primo right there. That's perfect. And then where your power hour is and like your tiger time, like where you know that that creative content's going to come. Yes. hundred percent. Like, thank you for saying that. Oh no, for sure. You're absolutely welcome. You definitely don't want to make any big changes. Like I'm going to merge my business with another business at 9am. If you are not awake at 9am, <laughs> you do not want to make that decision. <laughs> yeah. That's when like the, like the decisions like tend to like go and then you add because they're just like, why? It's like, Oh, because and that's like, not like when I'm really awake and I'm not right. <laughs> exactly. Oh. I honestly, I would love to have you on again because I feel like we can keep talking about this because this is a great stuff that we just had today. And this is a lot for everyone to think about and like where they need to start like thinking when they're doing a podcast and the marketing, like this is really awesome. So, you know, I would love to continue and have you on as a regular guest so that people like, you know, if they started building their podcast and it's like, oh, what else does she have to say? Like for value, this would be amazing. Would you mind doing that? I would love to do it. This is awesome. And we can pick, maybe your listeners have certain topics that they want us to crack open and we can definitely do deep dives into that. I think it would be awesome. And as whatever the listeners want that feel like we can really bring them some value, let's do it. Oh, that's amazing. So if people want to, you know, know more about you and because like you do help podcasters get started, how can they find you? And so that, you know, they can start doing this right away if they wanted. Absolutely. So go to my site. It's you wanna do what.com and you can find all the ways that we can work together, whether it's you want to work on marketing. If you have a small business, solo entrepreneur, we can do that. If you want help launching your podcast, we can definitely talk about that as well. And I also do some speaking, which has been a lot of fun. So I do sort of workshops just kind of around productivity and podcasting and then also the kind of the little bit more mindful stuff that I talk about on you want to do what which is just how can we kind of grow and bring ourselves to a path of being more than our day jobs so definitely reach out to me at you want to do what.com and if you want to hang out with me on social media I am on Instagram more than I should be but you can find me there (laughs) at you want to do what Uh, And we'll have all this in the link below so you guys can find her. She's amazing. She's in Palm Springs this coming week slash weekend um, (laughs) to help out an event. What's the event that you're doing? Yeah, the event is called Alt Summit or Altitude Summit. And it is in Palm Springs. It's week long and it's full of women creative entrepreneurs, which is going to be super exciting. I'm covering that event as part of their social media team. So I'm really excited to be there. And I may sneak away for a day to go hiking in Death Valley National Park in California. 
because I feel like if I'm already on the other side of the country, why not take a day so I can just recharge, take some photographs. I love to do that and just have some alone time with myself in nature. Oh, I love that. Have a, such a safe trip. Monica, thank you so much for all the value you brought today. This was absolutely amazing. You're a pleasure to talk to you and we'll see you again on our next episode. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.